Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, give us the five-star review that we keep asking for. And as always, we taught judging in MMA. So head on over to abcboxing.com and read the criteria for crying out loud. It's three and a half pages long. It really isn't very long, sir. I read it before we started. You should read it every time. Like before it's we start. like how dare you only make it seem like this is the important time to do it. Well, you know why I had to re- read it again? Why? Because I had to get screenshots for everybody on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, other other right. than that, that's right. From sure. what Big John was saying in in the fight we have to we had to watch. Uh, from the other organization. The fight that I made you watch indeed. Uh, there's some stuff I want to talk about what he was saying when we get to it. All right. So. All, right. All right. Well, you know what? Let's let's make it easy on you. Let's start on the UFC side uh, for this one because, I mean, that's, that's where you'd rather be anyway. Uh, honestly, not a whole lot really coming off of this one, I feel like, that's like kind of imperative topics that kind of thing i kind of yeah i kind of feel that's why the one fight is getting so much attention because there's nothing else really going on that really that happens a lot when you when you have just not as much going on like fans are just looking for something to talk about i feel like there's some sort of narrative that we kind of need to kind of keep going just to feel like it was worth our time or something i don't know (laughs) Uh, i have no idea what it is but yeah uh it's really just like the main event of this one, and then there were a bunch of fights that happened and were either fun or whatever, and then we moved on, right? Yep. So, I think it was mostly a fun event. Yeah, decent to be fun. Yeah, I mean, we had fun. Um, but yeah, it's just as far as impactful stuff coming off of this and, you know, immediate impact of the, yeah. let's say, of the relevant <laughs> immediate impact. I didn't even mean that way, but look at that. Uh, <laughs> didn't even mean that pun. But it's it's really just one fight impacting even you know the greater title picture i guess and that would of course be the headlining uh victory by Jan Blachowicz over Alexander Rakic it was it was kind of developing into an interesting fight i thought yeah, it was and just starting to get good just as it got started getting pretty interesting because of the way that Blachowicz was jacking up uh Rakic's left leg uh Rakic steps back with his right you can visibly see uh parts of uh, the lig- the ligaments in his knee rupture yeah, and the uh, production team and commentary had a great time rewinding it and replaying it in slow motion over and over again. They did. It was like JFK, back <laughs> and to the left, back and to the left. And uh, yeah, but I, I mean, honestly, that doesn't like, does, does that skeeve you out when you see stuff like that or do you not care? Um, ligaments, no bone breaks. Yeah. Like, it- like the uh, the Weidman and Anderson Silva, that or, or Sid jumping off the, the top turnbuckle. Yeah. That stuff kind of gets me but ligaments not not really can i tell you that there's almost nothing that i'm even thrown by anymore mm. except probably needles when i watch someone get a needle wow like, like on like on a tv show even though i know it's totally fake i'm just like nah i can't watch that do you, you ever see the dirt the motley crew uh biopic no it's pretty good, but it, there's some. I watched the other night. There's some. Is it just a bunch of needles? There's some needle points, oh, okay. uh, like up close. I'm like, oh well. well you totally sold me. Then. Yeah, so don't go watch that if yeah, that's your. No, nah, I'll skip it. I mean, I can. I mostly just look away and like, I can like look and check and make sure. But it's like honestly, that's the one where I'm like, nah, I don't want to watch it. But if you told me, hey, you're gonna watch Sid break his leg ten times in a row, I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> what What about like slasher movies? I don't what, like what, slasher movies. I, neither do I. But say someone's getting stabbed, is it the same thing or? I just. I, I don't watch them anymore, so I don't really. Oh, it's, okay. it's really hard for me to say. I got you. So I, I couldn't really tell you. I, I don't like slash. I think they're stupid movies. I'm sorry if you like them. That's just that's yeah. where I come from. If you like them, that's fine. You don't you don't have to care what I think. But yeah, horror is not my speed. Is I like certain types of horror. I suspense. guess I could say. So, or I like thriller. suspense, thriller. I like psychological type of yeah. the things that mess you with you and that I, kind of thing. I kind of feel that's not horror though. I, I, I horror is a broad genre. It really has a lot of things about it. Like I just saw. Um, uh, the do- new, new Doctor Strange movie uh, with okay. Caitlin the other day, my wife, and I, you know, it, it's it's certainly horror influenced. That is okay. for damn sure. Uh, it's directed by Sam Raimi, who did the Evil Dead movies. He also did the Spider Man movies uh, that were in the early like twenty years ago. Those ones, okay. Tobey Maguire, Toby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's definitely horror influenced for sure. That one, and it's not like there's not a slasher going around. It's not like there's a killer, but it's it's got elements to that kind of thing, you know. Okay. So. 
but nonetheless, it's just it's not my favorite. I'd rather watch like a comedy or an action movie or drama. I, just, I, I watch almost any type of movie, really, except I'm just if you're telling me like, hey, go watch, uh, you know, I know what you did last summer or, or something like that. I'm like, nah, I'm good. No yeah, Jason no, for me. Yeah. No Jason. I no could scream. care less. No Freddy. You can take them. That's fine. You can have them. They're not for me. No, no paranormal activity. No ring. Oh I'm yeah, not, no, I don't I'm do not into that. those. I'm not into them. I don't know why. I just they've, they've never, never interested. No, because I'm just scared that it's real. I do like. I, I will say, you know, one horror movie that I do like, or a couple, I'll tell you a couple of horror movies I like. Um, we're off topic, of course. We'll get back to to fights and stuff. But I like the thing. I don't know if you ever watched the thing. I've heard of it. I don't think I know. It, it is really, really good. It's like 40 years old. Uh, Kurt Russell's in it. Okay. Uh, but it is like some sort of alien entity that is kind of on the loose okay. in Antarctica and like a research facility. And there's it, a lot of like it, it, it kind of deals with like paranoia and that kind of thing. Mm. It's very interesting. I, I really like that one. Okay. I'm into that kind of one. Um, The original Alien movie is pretty good. But I don't know it was even horror. It is. Is it? It is. It's, it's, I think it's going like around more, killing everybody. More action, I thought. No, no. Aliens is oh, an action oh, oh. movie. Oh, okay. The original Alien is the one where it's just, just the alien loose on the ship and it's knocking everybody off. Okay. That's that's very much like a, that type of horror movie. But I think okay. that one's pretty good. Um, but I, yeah, on, on the whole, it's just not my favorite genre. So I actually just was watching recently the Bourne trilogy again. The original trilogy, not the ones that they started the making f- after. I remember the first two. I don't remember the third one. Too third much. one's very good. You should watch it. Yeah, I, no, I did watch. It. I don't I'll remember. Watch it, it again. Though. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> do, do what I say. Right. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to fights. Of course, yeah. This we, we, how did we get here because of the 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 injury, right? The the way it ruptured. Rackage injury. Yeah. As far as Blahovich, though. Is there any reason? Because this, is, you know, this was a good victory for him. It doesn't matter the way it ended, as far as I'm concerned. It, it, he was looking pretty good. It wasn't like it wasn't like this happened in the first two minutes of the fight, and we got nothing out of it, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like they're going to run this fight back anytime soon. Rakic is facing probably a pretty long uh, recovery period from this. But Vlahovic, is there any reason he shouldn't be the next title challenger at 205 after next month? There's one reason. And it's it's not do anything to do with fighting. Mm-hmm. He did mention on the post fight that he had a cut inside his eye and he needed surgery on it. That is true. So I don't know how long that's gonna keep him out. That's but true. If he's back in relatively quick amount of time, it's him. Uh, Rakic, he just lost. An unfortunate way to lose. It is. Uh, Yeri's already fighting for the belt, and Uncle Ivan Smith is at the end of July. That's kind of far away. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they could. Possibly, if they wanted to give the winner that fight, I I don't see why you would, unless the timing just didn't line up for when they wanted the next mm-hmm. fight to be with Blahovic. But yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Blahovic. I think most of us would rather see yeah. another, especially if it is Blahovic against Glover Teixeira. I think a lot of us would be interested to watch that one again, even though it was kind of one sided and didn't it wasn't that hey. interesting a fight. I think we both like everyone likes these guys. You Jan know, threw up a triangle. The man's been grappling. <laughs> it might make it a little bit better this time. I I have to think that he just sometimes athletes just don't show up. You know? It's yeah. it's not I don't think it's necessarily um you know in, uh, reflective of, of of a poor athlete. It's just sometimes they just don't have their game that day. I mean there's games where Michael Jordan didn't show up, you know? That's true. It's just it's just the way it is. And unfortunately because in the fighting Suns you only didn't get show up today. This <laughs> Don't get me started, man. <laughs> Lay off that. <laughs> I I I had small wagers that involved the Suns winning either at least getting to the finals or winning the championship that would have paid out much better. And I I'm down twenty bucks for it. Whatever, but I'm not happy about it. You jerk. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was a low blow, sir. Uh, <laughs> I feel worse for uh, Shaheen Al Shati, who's a big Suns fan, and, okay. and, and he had to suffer through that game because that was just a pitiful performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think we all like Blahovich. We all like Glover Teixeira. I think they're just. They, I said this on Twitter that I think that the most fun way to promote that fight, if they were able to do that, is like forget all of the typical like you know pre-fight promotions that they do with like oh he's training over here and it's getting serious and oh this is me with my family and i'm doing it for this and my legacy da, da, da. i just want to put glover Teixeira and jan blahovich at a barbecue together with some people <laughs> and all they're gonna do is chill and have fun 
and and drink beer and eat burgers and and just just have a good time. That's what I want to watch. I would watch two hours of that. That yeah, that would be something new. I don't care what they're doing, just as long as they're just laughing and and, and having a great time. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they're like, "Yes, we'll see who is going to win." <laughs> Best of luck, friend. I don't know whose accent that was. It was just kind of a general, not me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's how I would like to see that. Uh, as far as Rackets, though, I mean, do you do you expect that he can bounce back? You know, after this injury, weird. getting back into title contention. The like, injuries I, are. I would say in a year. Let's 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 give it at least a year before he's back. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. Knee injuries are weird. Some guys just never come back. Sure. They're just never the same after. I mean, if he comes, if he if it heals and he's has no issues with it, yeah, then definitely he'll be right back up there. But I, I think in knows. I think in fighting we've seen a lot of people kind of be able to bounce back from from these type of injuries because it's 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 a little different than in a sport like basketball or football or something like that where you know you lose some of that athleticism that that like cutting speed that kind of thing mm. uh, you know all that all that type of stuff it's it's a lot different because in fighting there's just a whole lot of ways that you can kind of get around it I I think of Conor McGregor blew out his knee uh, against Max Holloway. Yeah, that's you true. know he still got won that fight. Well, here's Dom Cruz, an, an Dom, experienced Dom Cruz has lost an experienced knee injury person was saying, you know, make sure they don't graft it. Make sure they actually take the the from the patella because I I think that's I think he was alluding to that's what made him re-injure his knee mm-hmm. is they did a graft and not the actual tendon. So I'm not sure, uh, but I would I would take his word for that on that subject. I imagine that he'll be able to utilize the UFC PI and then the doctors yeah. there. Any anyone in the UFC can kind of get a hold of. This. He got hurt during a UFC contest. I oh mean, yeah, he's, he's, every, he'll be everything will be pretty much. I would imagine. I'm I'm pretty sure this is the way it works with the UFC. Like they don't give you health insurance. These fighters don't get health insurance, but at least if they get hurt, um, especially in a fight, I'm not familiar with all the details. I don't want to go into it, but I'm pretty sure in a fight. If you get hurt, they're gonna cover that stuff. Yeah, as as well they as should. they should as well they should and more, but they don't. Um, yeah, I, I have no reason to believe he couldn't get back there. He's one of the younger guys in this division. Eventually, guys like uh, like Bahovich and Teixeira, they're just not gonna be here much longer. Uh, Teixeira's forty three. Yeah. Um, I believe he's forty three, and Bahovich is thirty nine. They can't fight that much longer. They just can't, especially at this level. So. Guys like that are going to start kind of ducking out, and and we're going to have the likes of Rakic and and uh, Prohaska, Ankalaev, uh, Jamal Hill. I'm not sure if Paul Craig wants to stick around, but I, I mean he's always fun. I can imagine he could actually. Man, the thing about Paul Craig, it's so funny, and and people have pointed this out, but Paul Craig has submission victories over both Jamal Hill <laughs> and. Magomed Ankalaev, but mm-hmm. most people don't look at Paul Craig as ahead of those two. That's why we need the made MMA man's rankings. <laughs> that was one of your things. If you if you beat somebody, you were ahead of them, for the most part. One of the things you're talking about way back. Yes. Yeah. So way back in the day, when I was working for uh, a newspaper in rural New Jersey. Uh, we all started blogs. They wanted. They, they said, "Hey, anybody wants to start a blog? Start a blog." I said, well, "I'm going to do an MMA blog," and I opened up the MMA man blog. But everybody would look at it because I did MMA apostrophe D man, and I said, "Oh, MMA man," and I'm thinking like made man, you know, like oh, Jersey. And everyone thought it was Madman, and I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> so I definitely messed that one up, but. Yeah, that was my blog. I one thing I actually like about rankings, and I don't know if I did it for, I think I did it for that blog. I might as I did it sometimes. That's why I looked too. at it. Well, I did it sometimes. With, I'm, I'm, I don't even know if you're talking about something else, but I liked to do rankings, not just like one through ten, but I liked it better as tiers. I remember there was more than ten. There was probably like thirty fighters that I recall. I didn't do thirty deep rankings. At least twenty-five. No. I'm pretty sure you're making things up. No shot. No, because it didn't. It wasn't just UFC. It was all promotions. Yeah. I don't think I went that deep though. Maybe twenty. Okay. At the most, I was probably it was probably between like twelve and twenty, depending on the division. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. I think we can move on off of, off of the 
the 205 outlook, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing I really want to get to before we get to contested rounds is is the fact that in the fight that we're going to be talking about from the UFC, that's a split decision with Caitlin Chukagian uh, and Amanda Hebas. That went split. Were you surprised that Amanda Hebas uh, was able to kind of keep up with Caitlin Chukagian and, and potentially win that fight? At least she did win it on one scorecard. She didn't. Ex- she didn't surprise me at all. She's a good fighter. I mean, sure. I knew she was going to show up and and try to make it a fight. Uh, the way she beat Paige Van Zandt. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying Paige Van Zandt is anything special, but that night when she won, I was like, okay, that was a solid solid uh, performance, and I've been pretty sold on her. The thing that surprised me, it's not because I don't think much of Amanda Hiba's skill. It's just she's coming up from 115, and I didn't necessarily think of her as a top five straw weight. And she's going against who I think it's very easy to see that she is the number two uh, flyweight in the world, at least to me, Caitlin Chukagian. She beats everybody else, basically. So... For her to have trouble with this one, it, it just it surprised me. There's there's a distinct size advantage. There's a clear skill there. There's comfort in the weight and everything like that. Is it, everything was kind of working against Hebos in this one to me, and totally went the opposite way. It almost it almost entirely went the opposite way. So. I I think it was she wasn't deterred. Like she had a game plan to be aggressive, get in the face of of Jukagin, and even though she was getting getting rained on, it uh it didn't deter, and she kept coming. So. Well, you know, hey, I, I'm all for fighters moving up in weight instead of cutting too much weight. So if she thinks she can compete there, Hibas, I'd be happy for her to stick there and, and be more comfortable and not have to cut too much. And I would love to see others uh, follow suit. I think that would be great. It's not going to happen. It's not going to start a revolution, but it's it's always nice to see. And I hope more do notice that, hey, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. Alexa Grasso did it. She had bad cuts, though. She had a hard cut. So... It was a little bit different. I think but. like a fight with Man and Fior would be like the true test to see how, where she stacks up in this division. Oh, I I don't think Amanda Hebus should be getting somebody who's coming off of four fu- another four fight win streak here. Give her well, someone well, off I'm, of no, a I'm, loss. I'm just get, saying, get a little more comfortable. No, 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 no. I'm saying as far as where she will settle in in this division mm-hmm. against someone like that. I guess um, for, for me it makes more sense for Chukagian to go against. Uh, well, you know, I, yeah, I I agree, but I'm saying that type of spot in in the uh, division all right how do you handle someone that's, that's kind of really strong like that so all right i get you yeah let's why don't we get into contested rounds now though with um again with this fight round three in particular was the split round because in the first round uh it was all he it was all he on the scorecards close round uh round two was all trukagian on the scorecards again i think there was probably some closeness there too but round three is where we actually had the split. So let's discuss that one. Dan, what happens in this fight? It was, all, again, all 29-28s in this one. Yeah, Hebus doing what she normally did the whole fight, come forward, uh, throwing wild. I thought she was coming up short uh, a bit. Watcha Kagan was popping her with her jab and her right hand. Hebus lands a leg kick that off balance to Kagan. A lot of people are, are citing this as, you know, oh, this is a great strike. I think a lot of people also miss that Kagan landed a big right at the same time. Uh, and snapped Hebus' head around. Even the jab at Chukagian snapped her head back. Hebus lands a nice spinning body kick. She did that a couple times uh, throughout this fight. And she lands a good leg kick as the round's going on. Uh, and that's really it for a while. I don't see much of Hebus punching landing all that effectively until she starts screaming in the final 40 <laughs> yeah. seconds. And that's where I think the round gets close. And if you think she took it during that, I, I, I can't disagree with you. This is the closest round of the fight, in my opinion. When I heard 29-28 Chukagian, I figured, okay, must be round three is the one they gave Hibas. Because uh, I had it 30-27 Chukagian. Okay. Um, so I, I did go 10-9 Chukagian this round. I thought she was better overall. A bit more uh, immediately effective. That final 40 seconds, I can understand where people are going for Hibas because of that. So you have it for Chukagian again? Yes. Yeah, I, I went the other way. I did see her essentially make sure that that was her round uh, in the end sequence there. And, and I very close to. I'm not opposed to it going the other way. I don't think there's any sort of magic in her screams or anything like that. It didn't make it. No. It's not like it was that. It's it was just, just psyching I, herself up. Oh, sure, sure. So. Uh, but, like, you know, you always have to say, like, okay, let's not get tricked into thinking that type of thing 
is is making her more successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's not. It's just whatever it is, you have to ignore that. You're really just looking at the results of the actions uh, and how it's impacting the other opponent, right? And I did think that she was able to impact Chukagin in this final sequence enough to to seal up the round for her very narrowly. Because she did have some of that good work, I think, early on. And then yeah, she kinda it's it's not as much her uh later on. Chukagin is able she's you know, she's she is definitely the harder hitting striker in this fight. She I, just did. I think it's very that's very clear as day that Chukagin strikes are just much more impactful. She is, she like, is. That's a weird argument. To say that they're even. No, I, I don't. I don't quite see it like that. Right. I, I think there are definitely strikes that Hibas is landing, and she's like, "Okay, I got you," you know. And and I think she, there are times where she is landing more frequently than Chukagian. But ultimately, I do think this round, uh, it's enough for Hibas to have gotten it. Yeah, I, I this is. I think this is the closest round of the fight. What about so, rounds one and two? Because you and I were both having some conversations with with a couple individuals on Twitter, uh, someone who I work with in, in Eric uh, Richter, New York Post family, uh, and Billy Ward, who is, uh, I believe he's with the Action Network, right? Yeah, he's with the Action Network. We, we run his stuff uh, in, in the Post. Okay. So yeah, good conversation I think, healthy conversation with with uh with a couple of people who definitely watch the fights and understand that stuff. So uh but I think it's worth discussing kind of the first couple rounds because they seem to be pretty convinced that that Amanda Hebas had really done enough to win some of those rounds early on. Now I you know, I went back and I watched those two rounds. Typically, I don't go crazy with the rounds that the judges all agree on because once you have three guys, all men or women, seeing it the same way, I give the benefit of the doubt because typically speaking, especially with top individuals uh, who we had in this fight, uh, which were Derek Cleary, Sal D'Amato, Junichiro Camillo, these are this is kind of like an A team, right? Yes. This it's pretty much those three and Mike Bell are like the four guys that I would say, as far as American and and Native not Native American North American. Uh, individuals who judge fights. The, that's like the the group of four that I said you, you'd pull any of them out of there, and that's who you typically want to see judging a championship fight, for example. So mm-hmm. they were clearly, it seems to me, they were put on this fight for, for a reason, because women's fights, statistically speaking, especially if you get lower in weight, they are more likely to produce split rounds. Difficult to judge because there's less impact coming, I think, is probably what it is, right? Yeah. The same, it works the same on the men's side. This isn't this isn't gender um specific. You know, you go down to featherweight or excuse me, uh bantamweight and flyweight, it's the same type of issue uh, on the men's side. So all the women's divisions just happen to be that low, right? <laughs> yeah. It is pretty much what it is. So this is a tough one. But I did think that it made some sense that at least for me that Chukagin actually could have gotten round one. Like you said, you saw originally 30-27 for Chukagin. I actually saw a good argument for her in that round too because as much as Hibas is able to keep the, the fight down for a while, right? And and I think she's down there for like, I want to say it's two minutes, 30 seconds, like on the dot when you look at the UFC stats. Okay. That does weigh. You know, judges are considering, okay, where did most of the action take place in the round? That, that's where they like to start sometimes. So there is that element to it, but it's just not a whole lot that you're seeing Hibas do while she's down there inside control in these positions, that kind of thing. She's just not really getting enough effectively done down there. And I think that was part of the problem that I had with it that made it much harder for me to definitely go that way. Totally see it. I totally see it. If that's what the judges went for, fine. No problems. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about when they're on the feet, which is, again, that other half of the round. We're only 2.30, 2.30, right? Mm-hmm. The other half of that round, Chukagian's landing, and she's landing pretty hard. She's definitely you know, getting those reactions that we talk about. Sense of urgency is up there, too. I mean, she, that doesn't... She knows she's down, and that's why she's, she's, she's very aggressive, and she's, that's why she's throwing more than she normally does instead of sit, sitting back and countering. Sure. And, she's, and she's landing some solid shots here. That is what it is, but that doesn't score. We're, no, no, We're only no. talking about what right. actually scores when we're, t- when we're trying to decide who actually won the round. And and I do think, ultimately, that the strikes she's throwing seem to be landing pretty effectively. Uh, but again, I, I can see why the judges went the other way, all three of them. I'm not really challenging that. Round two, though, 
I also saw this as pretty kind of solid. They may not solidly, but I, I felt good about this one being a Chukagan round, and it ended up being that way. Yeah, I, I, I definitely thought round two was Chukagan. Uh, the throw in round two is is not impactful. It's it, not the biggest one. Yeah, they kind of just roll over. They do. Yeah, it's it's not when you're talking about takedowns and how they end up scoring. Right in the scoring criteria, it talks about what is done essentially with a takedown for that. To, when they're talking about effective grappling, they want it to lead to something else, right? Mm -hmm. There's, you can weigh impact from takedowns, of course. But if they're not landing very hard, if it's not a slam, it's not kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the fighters feel it. But how immediately impactful is it compared to a strike being landed from Chukagian that we're seeing, you know, on the feet and that kind of thing? I just don't think you can weigh it that heavily. It's it's kind of like the difference between, you know, maybe some softer punch or not softer punches, but let's say some some punches to the body when you're clinched against the cage. Maybe they're landing a little bit and you could treat them like something, but it's not it's not the type of thing that's going to end a fight in and of itself, right? As no. far as impact. A slam definitely could. Slam a higher could. A, a higher uh amplitude takedown, somewhere where you kind of double leg, lift them off the feet and drive them back into the ground that's a good takedown right that, that's that mm -hmm. weighs something just by itself but once you're down there you really got to do more with that position your, your goal is to you, are you trying to finish the fight and i kind of felt he boss was was holding on i thought she was defending a lot even though she was in the case of katami she was defending having her back taken a decent amount of that two and a half minutes that they were down there and nothing really all that effective came from it after the takedown. I, I, I thought this was a Chikagian round in round one. All three judges saw it the same, so maybe I am missing something. Good round, chance of it. We are, yeah. Round two was a lesser version of round one, if I had to describe it. It was, it was kind of the same. It's crude, and, but I guess I get what you mean. And then that's why I think they went Chikagian, so. Sure. But at the at the end of the day, I think what... What a lot of people, and, and and this is not necessarily to disrespect, uh, again, Eric and, and Billy, who I thought we had a good conversation with mm -hmm. uh, earlier today, is more about just in general, something that I would like to see more from kind of people who watch fights, especially people who bet on fights, right? If you're betting on a fight, you can you can want a round to be scored one way or another. You want, you can want the criteria to be reflected one way or another. You can want judges to be trying to see it that way or not. But the reality is you have to deal with what they are doing. You kind of have to accept that. And if you're looking to win money off of these fights, your best bet, and I, <laughs> that was an unintended pun, is really to understand how judges are going to judge these fights not the way you would, but the way they would. Because if you can start understanding what they're seeing. Not the way they would, the way they have to. The way they have to. If you can understand that, you, you've you got an edge over other bettors who really don't. So I, I would love to see more people who are, are wagering on fights really dig into that and really start to understand the way it works. Because I, I have to think it helps. I think it helps. And the, look, who doesn't look for literally any edge they can to try and, and win, right? Especially when there's money on the line. So. It's not a lot to look into. No, no, no. Hey, just listen to our uh, listen to our show. We've we've done uh, interviews in the past with, with officials. You know, Rob Hines, uh, who's a referee and judge uh, for many years. He was uh, part of the team that put together the scoring criteria changes about six years ago. Uh, Kevin McDonald. We've had Ben Cartledge on, who judges in Europe. He actually judged at Bellator uh, the other day. Uh, and Mark Goddard, who is, of course, he's one of the most veteran referees that we have, one of the most respected referees we have in the sport. Uh, and he's the one who basically taught everybody in England how to do things, too. He's one of the most revered over there. So I would say revisit any of those interviews if anyone's ever interested in kind of getting a an official's perspective on how these things work. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's move on. We do have three more contested rounds from the UFC, uh, starting with Davy Grant getting the win over Lewis Smolka. This was a round three knockout punch. A great fight, by the way. This was good. Really great fight. It's a shame they didn't get any bonuses out of this one. Um, that Which was, is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, actually. I know. I know. I thought this was probably a better fight than than Chukagan Hebos too. Not no disrespect to that fight. It was a solid fight. But this was a better fight. It just was. <laughs> and it ended in a really violent, fun way, too. But round two, before we get that third round finish, 
uh, is a split round. So, Dan, what happens here? Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots uh, for basically five minutes. Obviously, Grant has slowed down this round. Uh, everything he's throwing, he's throwing with intent to knock out. It's swinging for defenses every time. I just think Smoke is starting to actually land some big shots of his own. He's using his elbows really well. Decent kicks to the body. I do think Grant is catching a lot of leather uh, this time. He's hitting the arms. He's hitting the gloves. While still landing some good shots, I just don't think he's landing as many as he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it becomes a smoke around at the end. Grant throws a head kick, which Smoka uses to catch and get a takedown to side control. Lands some hammer fist there. Jumps on the back in a scramble. Slides off to lock up an armbar. Sweeps Grant over. Bops him with a nice hammer fist before Grant escapes. Then back on the feet to resume Rock'em Sock'em Robots for the final 10 seconds or so. I think that final sequence takes for Smoka. 10-9. Yeah, I, I give it to Smoka too. I think it's a close enough round. I can I can see maybe what uh, Adelaide Bird, who saw it for Grant, is seeing. I, I think it's a much stronger argument, though, for uh, that Chris Lee and Ron McCarthy can make to give this one to Smoka. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel good about it too. Not, not crazy. Uh, not a crazy one. And I don't. A lot of people get triggered when they see uh, Adelaide Bird being the one who's especially on the out uh, of the scoring. So I don't. Even, think this even is, I don't think this is the one. I don't think anybody was going crazy. Even about when it she's either. not scoring the fight, they throw her picture up there or yell her name. Well, yeah, a lot. It's of, like crazy. But that's the thing. Some people they just kind of. Some of these judges they they get thrown in there, and I don't think we even hear that as much with her anymore. We've kind of moved away from. Triple G and and Canelo so far that yeah. we just don't hear the name as much. For a long time, all we heard about was, oh, Chris Lee's judging this one. Oh, Chris Lee's judging this one. This is terrible. People don't really say that anymore. Now it's who, Sal D'Amato. That's all, that's all they're doing with Sal now. And it's like, you guys don't understand that Sal D'Amato is one of the most uh, likely to be in the majority with other judges to see it the same way as other judges of anybody. Like, He's just on more rounds than everybody else by like a wide margin, a large margin, if you will. Who did uh, Bivol and Canelo? Do you know who the judges were for that? I one? don't. No. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, no. I, I was don't. just curious if any, uh, any crossover or not. No, I, I don't believe any uh, officials that I've seen in MMA had done that kind okay. of thing. By the way, I, I don't think I mentioned with uh, Chukagan Hibas the the two that saw it for Chukagan in round three. Same way as you were Sal D'Amato and Junichiro Camillo, and I saw it the same way as Derek Cleary. All right. So just to go back to that one. But, yeah, that was it for as far as rounds that we're talking about who won. The last two that we have from UFC were 8-9 splits. So let's start with Viviani Arujo, uh, who got the win over Andrea Lee. 29-27 twice and a 29-28. And uh, round two, we have Arujo come out there. And I don't know if she heard what was being said about her in the other corner by uh, by Andrea Lee's uh, coach slash boyfriend Tony Kelly, but maybe it fired her up if she heard it. I wonder if it got cut because I still can't find it. I mean, I've um, I've seen it. I've I, seen I've seen audio no, of it. I haven't seen it, so I really don't know what happened there. Yeah. I, I mean, I've read what happened. I don't know. I didn't get to see what actually was said. Uh, it was yeah. I mean, it's what you read. I don't okay. I don't like to repeat that. But. Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't make me, it, I, it makes me uncomfortable to say okay. it, but because I don't like it, I don't like hearing it, but it is what it is. Um, it's, it's BS, it's crap. And look, no one's canceling Tony Kelly for the record. He seems to think he's being canceled because people don't like what he said and he, and they're voicing that they said it with their freedom of speech rights, just like he would probably cite his freedom of speech to say it. It's the same thing. We can tell you, we think it's stupid and it's terrible and it's hurtful and it's, and it's damaging. We're not saying you should lose your job for it. Yeah. I don't know. That's me. You don't have to say anything. But <laughs> as far as that, round two, though, going to this fight, this is where it's an 8-9 split. What do you see happen? Uh, one-way traffic round. Uh, I think the first 30 seconds, maybe a little longer. Lee lands a, a couple elbows, which are pretty good. But I'm Yeah, not... yeah. She's in it for that long. Yeah. Araujo <laughs> landed much better in this sequence. And then Lee, Lee takes a, a terrible shot and gets her back taken. And from there, she's just completely overwhelmed in the grappling. Araujo is keeping her on the defensive with her transitions, attacking the arm triangle, looking for good ground and pound for the rest of the round. I think all three Ds are checked. That's how you take advantage of in a grappling situation. Doesn't stop once it hits the mat. You got to push for a finish. I think that's what she did. 10-8. I think so, too. I think you can check all those. And and realistically, again, we're, we're looking at a round that 
and I, I like to call them it's just a different round you know that's not what the criteria would say is is the you know the basis for deciding what's an eight and what's a nine but you like to see when a round that is distinctly different actually is able to achieve that different score and i think that it does meet the bar for that anyway mm-hmm. so yeah i gave it an eight sal D'Amato gave it an eight junichiro Camijo gave it an eight and Derek Cleary only gave it a nine. Cleary was on the outs. Uh, who's the out judge on three out of four of these actually from from UFC? But he's a strong judge. That, that's that's, that's a, not a that's reflection fine. of good or bad. That's really just, it's just the way it shook out. Um, note though that this this team was also uh, on the Chukagan Hebus fight, and this was uh, another women's fight at 125 pounds. Women's fights are hard, and, and I get the sense that Jeff Mullen, who is uh, the head of the Nevada Commission, former judge himself, probably understands, hey, I, I should probably put my best guys on uh, judging the women's fights. That's right. how I read that. All right. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it's what makes sense to me. It, se- it seems like good staffing, uh, uh, good utilization of your resources. <laughs> uh, and that was it for that one. But we do have one more. 10-8-9 split, and that was in Tetsuyo Taira's victory over Carlos Candelario. I hope he got all the cheeseburgers. <laughs> I saw that. I love me cheeseburgers as well. <laughs> but anyway, he wanted In-N-Out. Was that what it was? He, yeah, he wanted to go to In-N-Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he heard about the secret menu where you get the triple burger, and he got really <laughs> excited. As I actually had a triple burger from In-N-Out mm. when I was out there uh, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm a glutton. <laughs> Should have seen everything I was eating at the bowling alley today. Oh, boy. My kids were at a, at a birthday party for, for a, a good friend. And, yeah, it was it, they just kept bringing out chicken fingers and, and terrible. Like, when I say terrible, I'm talking about literally the worst pizza I've ever had in my life. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was the worst from this particular bowling alley. Some bowling alleys actually have some pretty good pizza. This, ew, it ain't it. Um. <laughs> But I I just filled up on a bunch of garbage food, and that was fun. Nice. But that's me. So, yeah, back to this fight, though. Round three is what we're talking about with the uh, the 8-9 split here. So what's happening in round three? Uh, well, it starts with not much happening. Uh, Candelario gets a takedown, attacks the strong guillotine, because kind of Tyra was kind of sitting against the fence. And I think this is a really, really strong guillotine. He, he sweeps him to mount. Uh, he's in there for quite a bit, but Tyra able to weather it and escape. Uh, Candelario goes for another guillotine, and it's not as strong of an attempt and ends up on the bottom. Nothing much really happening here for a while. And, th- and then the final minute is where Tahir takes the back with the arm trap. He's attacking a choke. Then he moves to mount and lands some big elbows and ground and pound in the final 30 seconds. I don't think enough was done to get to the eight. And I also think Candelario earned his nine. But I guess the damage in that final 30 seconds could get you there. I can see why that, like, look, Derek Cleary had to have done it because of that end sequence, right? right. It had to be that yeah. that put it over the top. And I can see it. I mean, there's, he's definitely in trouble down there, uh, Candelario. But I just don't think that it was quite enough to get over the hump for for that particular element because we're really not seeing a whole lot of that. Although I don't know, I mean, I would like this to be an eight. Is the thing. Like I'm always yeah, torn with, when I we're talking about eights and stuff right now. It's because especially in the the climate since uh, since again we always talk about this. Like it feels like every week I bring this up. Uh, Jan Blahovich and and Israel Asanya from last year round five, where the whole lid was blown off at the eights because mm-hmm. Dana didn't like it and then it kind of reset. It had a a, a Let's say a domino effect where the commission started changing the way the the 10-8s were essentially hoped to be scored, right? And the thing is, if, if it wasn't a champion or a cash cow in that situation, he would never said anything about it. No, probably so. not. And realistically, if it, only one judge had given it an 8, he wouldn't say anything either. Mm. It probably would have been – it would have moved on, but it ended up being two judges. Um, yeah, this one – I would like to see this as an eight. I just don't think it necessarily matches what we're typically seeing get scored the eight. I don't know. It's tough. And the weird thing is, Cleary had this one as an eight, but he didn't have Arujo as an eight later on in the evening. Yeah, this fight happened first. Yes. So 
So I, that was kind of curious to me is why maybe there was a reset after that. Maybe maybe just get, officials talk to each other throughout the event. They're mm-hmm. trying to get on the same page. So it could certainly have, it could certainly have been something like that where he thought, okay, maybe this is and, and um, you know I don't want to presume what Derek Leary is thinking. I don't know, but maybe that was how it went down. And you could see it. I I get it. They're just trying to get on the same page. The 8-9 conversation is... The whole thing has been thrown out of whack again because of what happened last year uh, with that particular round. So I try not to go crazy about judges giving 8s and Mm 9s. I don't think there's a reason to. And and again, I would like to see 8s be more common anyway. So anyone who's giving more 8s, like... I'm like, all right, you're my hero. That's fine. (laughs) I gave Grant an 8 in round 1 in that fight against Smolka. Okay. No one else saw an 8, but I saw an 8. Yeah. I guess I can understand, but yeah, we we both I think saw this as a as a tire a ten nine instead of an eight. Same way as Ron McCarthy and Adelaide Byrne, mm-hmm. and that is it from UFC. But uh, much to your chagrin, as a non Bellator fan, uh, I made you watch. Thing is, I could be a fan of them if they cared about their promotion, <laughs> but they just I don't. I know, I know. Um. But yeah, I made you watch Logan Storley uh, against Michael Venom Page. Split decision, 49-46, 48-47, and then a 48-47 for Page. Uh, that one going the other way. This, I, I didn't make you watch the whole fight. And I don't, you should thank me for that because this was a terrible I fight. Not, it really no. just was a terrible fight. I did not watch the whole fight. This was. I would I would, I would watch rounds bleed into the, the following round that I had to watch just for John's score. Okay. And right, his, and his rationale behind. Sure, sure, so. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, let's let's start with uh, at least the first of these two split rounds that we have in this particular fight, which ended up deciding the interim welterweight champion of Bellator. While uh, Carl uh, Carl what is his name? I didn't get that wrong. Carl Amasu is somebody else I'm thinking of. He was a French fighter. But what what is Amasov's name? Oh my goodness, I'm blanking. The one who's who's uh, fighting for his country in Ukraine right now. I have no idea. Yeah, of course you wouldn't because you hate Bellator. But anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> round one. What is happening in this round or not happening? Uh, well, it's one of the worst rounds of fighting I've ever seen. Uh, air, air quotes on that one. Only slightly better than Nama Yunus Esparza round one. Yeah, minimally. <laughs> um, MVP lands a solid right hand uh, as Storley's grabbing a leg and tries to take him down the whole time while MVP lands one good Travis Brown elbow against the cage. And then the rest of the round is just Storley hanging on, trying to keep MVP down, while MVP is landing some pitter-patter. Once in a while, Storley would throw like a 10% effort knee to the legs, or a couple arm punches to the body. Now this is the part where I was mentioning earlier. Big John mentions you need to look at the whole round primarily what is happening. So if the, if it's a grappling, and he says it's in the criteria. I didn't see it in any of the three three and a half pages that I read. I don't see it in the criteria. He mentions that wherever the round takes place primarily, that's what gets weighed the heaviest. And he's saying grappling was the majority of the round. So that's why the grappling would win the round for Storley. I don't see that anywhere in the criteria. I do believe I remember reading that as an old interpretation years ago. But I, I don't think that's no longer. I don't think that's the case anymore. I can tell you just from talking with officials, though, this is this is something that is trained. You know, we might even experience this when we go up to ABC uh, over the summer and go to the com- uh, go through the training, because that is what I'm told is part of the training there. And and it's you're right. It there's no language for it in the criteria. So to see that be a rationale that judges are able to use, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So I don't I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Codify if that's what it is. Put it in the criteria. Yeah, say that, that you know that. When we're, when we're talking about the recalibration of the 8s and 9s, you can actually justify that within the scoring criteria because there's always that can-consider language when we're talking mm-hmm. about just two Ds, right? If there's no damage, you don't have to give it. So it's really – it kind of offers the leeway to the commission to say, we want those we want those to be 9s if they don't have damage. And you can get away with it. It's legally binding. It's you know, in the scoring criteria. You can get away with that. But if you don't have that in the criteria as far as, you know, where it's taking place more often, that's just that's kind of like making it up on the fly. And I'm not getting on the officials who are necessarily trained to do that. If you're trained to do that, I mean, that's that's what people taught you to do. But it doesn't match with the language. 
put it in put it in the coding uh, of the criteria or leave it out and don't do it that's how i feel about it yeah i mean if that is in fact true even though it's not in the criteria then yes yeah, story would win that round but i got it for page 109 yeah i do too i think ultimately what what i believe that they wanted to do when they went through and, and you know someone can correct me uh, you know if you, if you correct me during the week i'll happily talk about it next week but my understanding with the revisions of the criteria was mostly to try and lead it toward rewarding fighters who are trying to finish the fight. Mm-hmm. And that's in there. Yeah, that is that is in there. Yeah. And if if we're talking solely about that and we're weighing the actions of that round against who was trying to, you know, whose actions were more effective, effective grappling counts. But was what Storley did in that round effective? I mean, he's not really advancing position he's barely got page even down you know page is pretty much just got his back up against the cage and he's kind of like butt down in part so i i just don't see why that should be a story round i can understand how you get there because realistically page does almost nothing too it's not, i'm not mad about it i mean the this round mike bell was the judge who saw it for storley whereas the other two brian minor and david Leatherby, saw this for page they saw it the same way i did the same way you did Mike Bell's a fantastic judge. I said he, he's he's in that A group for me. Um, so if he's on a fight, I'm I'm feeling good about it, and I can understand why Judge Bell will go that way. But yeah, I, I just I think ultimately you want to see whoever's trying to end that fight. That is the more effective striker or grappler. I don't think there was anything effective about what Storley did. Yeah, working towards winning the fight. Working toward winning the fight, yeah, which ending the fight, not just point yeah, fighting. You I know? think he just was holding on. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he intended right. to do. If he intended to go forward, that's fine, but he didn't do it. So I don't think he succeeded in really what he was attempting to do. And if he if he was attempting to just hold on, that's not fighting. And it shouldn't be rewarded. That's what it appeared to be. It did. It so. did. So, but yeah, so we, we both landed on Paige. So we've, we've got Paige here up after round one round two was a storley round we're not looking at that one all three judges had that way um i honestly didn't watch that fight very closely except for these two rounds when i went back uh and i'm glad for it because it sounds like it was a god-awful fight so round three is kind of where we're going to pick up here yeah another awful round of fighting air quotes mvp lands the two most effective strikes actually uh check that the only effective strikes of the round Two hard Truly elbows. Yeah, yeah. Two hard elbows to the head, and then he gets clinched. Storley hangs out there. They're like these lunging elbows too. He's like they're on the feet, of course, and he's like jumping in and landing mm-hmm. them. It looks like he's hitting them solidly. They do. And uh, I'm gonna start calling these these 10 percent effort knees Storley knees. <laughs> they're patented now to Storley 10 percent. Let me just make it look like I'm doing something. Yeah. Uh, some pitter patter, Kareem hook shot motion like punches. I don't know. This is a stupid fight. Uh, <laughs> it really is a stupid fight. <laughs> if it's true, you got away what takes place more, which, like we said, I, that is not in the language, uh, especially since the grappling was pretty ineffective. I'm going with with the uh, page again, ten nine. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think so. I think I think Judge Leatherby is the is on his own by here for yeah, this one. By the way, this fight is only interesting in this context. There's nothing else about it that that. That is interesting. It's only interesting in the conversation, right? Is what you're trying to say. In, in talking these two rounds yeah. of judging. Like, other than that. I would like to see these rounds get um, under the microscope by the commission, maybe at ABC, whatever. I, I, I want, you know, I want someone like, uh, you know, Andy, Andy uh, Foster over in California when he does his uh, his judging uh, little stuff. Did you, there was one recently. I there had to miss one, it. Did you yeah, go? It was my sister's birthday. We had to go out to dinner, so I did not get to go. Yeah, I only found out about it like a few hours before, and I had already had movie plans to see Doctor Strange, like I said, mm. with my wife. So that wasn't happening. It was date night. Uh, <laughs> I was disappointed, though. I really did want to go to that, and I missed one in England as well. would have been nice to, go, uh, to attend that one because I literally just lost track of the day, and I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> I'm truly disappointed in myself for it because I was excited to participate in one of these or at least kind of sit in on one. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of feel like I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lump. I'm a waste. But it is what it is. Yeah, this this round, I think both of these rounds really ought to be examined by whoever is on the Rules and Regulations Committee with MMA and, and kind of say, well, what's going on here? What? Why, why are these able to be scored one way 
when realistically we don't want to reward that kind of thing. I don't think I, anyway. Maybe in July we'll get the answers. We're looking I, for, I so. will certainly investigate those things when I'm there. I would love to find that out. Um, but that is it for this fight. We will pretty much never talk about it again, except in again, this context where, where yeah. we're thinking back to why uh, this happened. But yeah, that's it for the contested rounds. We only had six of them. Uh, Favorite finishes from the weekend. We had six overall from UFC, four TKO or KO, two subs, and three first-round finishes. One of those subs was a technical submission. Um, and then yeah. Bell- Bellator, we had three finishes on the main card. Two were KO. One was a submission, and one of those KOs was in the first round. Of all of those, sir, and I know you didn't watch the Bellator, but uh, what was your favorite? Andre Petrovsky choking out uh, someone who definitely doesn't look like he or seems like he belongs to be part of the 209 crew doesn't represent 209 in your mind i just don't in see your it. mind yeah no okay. no not the way he fights anyway okay uh yeah that anaconda choke that was sick nick maximoff by the way yeah. we can give his name fine <laughs> uh well you you want to at least warn people about what you think of him that's true but i love the uh, the rest of the 209 sure i mean they're great but yeah andre petrosky anaconda what about you michael johnson Getting the first uh, knockout victory in six years, or in just about six years. That that last one, by the way, coming against uh, Dustin Poirier. That He's mean, such. He has the weirdest career. That he really just the weirdest was career. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he got the win over Alain Patrick. Um, I would say that the uh, the finish by uh, Fabian Edwards of Leonardo Machida also was up there, but I enjoy watching Machida fight I have for a long time he was one of my he was my first favorite fighter um I try to be professional about this but I'm not gonna enjoy watching the man get knocked yeah. out I just won't mm. <laughs> you can't that find is. it in me I mean it, well let's let's put it this way if he was knocked out with like the craziest kick you've ever seen all right maybe I'd find some in there but damn no no it was a good elbow though I yes. would I would say and look I know you don't like Bellator and the Bellator main events lately have been absolutely atrocious. They've been like the least payoff possible that you could ever get out of these fights. Except for I would I would say the at least the um the fight with Cyborg against Arlene Blenko was a reasonably entertaining fight, if not, you know, not all that close realistically. Um, but man, they put on some really snooze or fights at the, at the top, which is unfortunate because a lot of the main card is actually very exciting. I enjoyed a lot of this main card. I enjoyed a lot of the past main cards that they've been putting on. But, man, they got they got to put together some action fights at the top of here. At least try to make me care. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's hard for you, though. There's They do no advertising. I mean, I don't watch Showtime outside of having to turn this on. I don't. I don't watch CBS Sports. They don't play any other sports outside of college football season that I care about. Like, branch out your advertising a little bit. It would be nice to see more uh, put out there than just the first couple, you know, the couple days before, which is when I tend to see it. You know, I, look, I work in media, so I actually get emails from them. So I, I know when events are coming up. There there are things like that put out there. Um, but for, yeah, people like you, average people out there that are not, in media and getting alerts to this kind of thing. Yeah, it does seem like you kind of have to really watch the fight calendars to really know what's going on. And this was a mid-afternoon fight, right? Or mid-afternoon On a Friday. Yeah, because it was in London. Right, but you would think you'd want people to know that. Hey, listen, this is happening middle of the day. What I would really love them to do when they go international like this is don't put it on a Friday afternoon. I mean, you're asking people in California to watch this at 1 o'clock. We talked about this last week, but put, put these ones on Saturday. Or shoot, I don't know if Sunday is a viable day, but I mean, I think it'd be interesting if they tried it on a Sunday. I, who doesn't have a, a you know a little bit of an afternoon on a Sunday? Say, yeah, let's watch some fights. You know, it's not yeah, football season, I guess. Football season, you know, lost cause, but I think you get away with it right mm-hmm. now. I think that would make a lot of sense. Uh, but that is it for uh, past business. Let's look ahead to this Saturday. With UFC Vegas 55, Holly Holm against Ketlin Vieira at 135 pounds. Are you interested in this fight, base I, level? I think it would be a lot more interesting if Vieira can find a win Okay, for the division. So you don't want Holly Holm anymore? Not You're tired that, of her? I, no, I, I like her. I just think the division would become a lot more interesting with Vieira winning. 
Um, because I mean, we we've seen Home at the top enough. So like, eh. but now we have Holly Holm potentially getting a, could earn her way back to a fight uh, for the title against Juliana Pena. That's at least an interesting that's matchup. New. Yeah, uh, so, that's new. I guess. Kepley Vera doesn't necessarily have the most pleasing style of fights. They haven't produced no. barn burner well, fights she either. Hit, she hit Misha Tate pretty hard. Sure, no, she looked fights, good there. So. I'm not saying she didn't look good. I think she's a great fighter, um, when, especially when she puts it all together. But we just haven't seen kind of like that super excellent performances that we would like to see. Now, Holly Holm doesn't always put it out there either, but we've had some pretty exciting finishes come from Holly Holm fights over the years too, and not just Ronda. Over the years, though, not too much recently, really. Well, I mean, uh, let's see. A few years ago, probably a little farther along, it was well, uh, Betchko like Hea. Months, right? She's when been hurt. The, when is the last time she fought? Yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah, October twenty. I'm, I'm supposed to talk to her this week, so I'm going to do my homework uh, on Holly Holm uh, in the lead up to that. But yeah, it's been. It's definitely we haven't seen as much of Holly Holm over recent years, but I think she can still fight. Yeah, yeah I, think I she's got still her by decision. So. All right. All right, that's fair. You know what? I've decided I'm not making predictions anymore. All right. You can make your fair. predictions, and I ain't making them I don't anymore. even stick to my predictions. I don't even remember mine. Like, when it comes fight night, I just, I, I make new ones. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. and at this point, I've just kind of, I just spit stuff out because you make me to, <laughs> and or it kind of just comes up, like, oh, I guess I'll say that, and then I don't really think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not really in the prediction game. Uh, the judges for this one, because it's Nevada, I imagine it's going to be, you know, top-level guys. But I mean, No one's over in England anymore, so maybe Mike Bell will be back uh, mm-hmm. instead of working over in London. Uh, yeah, I imagine it should be good judging. That's, that's what I expect when they go to Vegas. Not a lot of people don't, because they don't understand, but I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I expect good judging there. Um, any other fights you're interested in on this one? Yeah, I've got a couple I added to that weren't on there. Oh, but okay. Did you see them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm looking at it now. Uh, I have eyes. Jalton Almeida versus Parker Porter at heavyweight. Okay. Almeida's going up to heavyweight. It was supposed to be a 205 fight versus Maxim Grishin. Um, he had to pull out, and Porter stepped in on short notice, so they just made it heavyweight. That's fine, and, because uh, Maxim Grishin has had some pretty boring fights over the years. <laughs> Almeida's just a freak show of a fighter. Uh, he's fun. I, I expect him to show that again and show that he's a major force in that uh, light heavyweight division where he'll be you know, fighting mostly. You got a uh, got a prediction off of this one that you're not going to stick to? Um, no, I'm gonna actually going to stick to this one. I'll make a sub. Okay. Uh, what about Chase Hooper uh, against Felipe Colares? That one actually interests me. I think bit. that should be another fun one. I hope there's a lot of grappling, like actual grappling, though, not just holding on for dear life and while the other guy's trying to stand up that for is five not, minutes. Yeah, that's not a Chase Hooper fight. Yeah. Chase Hooper's looking so, to sub you. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to see that. Mm-hmm. I, I spoke to Chase last week. He's for my uh, my Q and A this week. So oh, keep your eye out for that. M and M's. What's that? Did he have any M and M's? He did not have any oh, M and M's on him. He has he has cut his hair though. Okay. There's no curls. So he is no longer Ben Askren's son. I I don't know if that's the way it works. If you cut oh. your hair, you're you're no longer related well, to does, the people well, you are. Does he look like him? He he looks like Chase Hooper with okay. shorter hair. All right. I will give him that. Uh, if if all we're doing is that that he's his hair is how he is, uh, I swear, I, I, that's a, that's the only reason that's the only resemblance I see. All right, well, that's probably true. Yeah, but uh, but no, we we didn't, solid conversation there. Uh, I'm actually very interested. In probably probably the most interesting fight for me, uh, from an entertainment standpoint, is uh, Michelle Pajera and Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think that should be another nuts fight. I like it. So I like it. Got a pick for that one, or you're just looking for fireworks? I'm, I think Pajera is going to win TKO. Okay. And then you also put down, and, and you know, I thought about putting this one too. I just didn't name too many, but uh, Chidi Njikawani going against uh, Dushko Todorovic. Yeah. You like this one? Chidi's fun. Just came off a 16-second knockout. Todorovic is always game to just sling some leather. I think it should be a banger, but uh, Chidi's going to TKO. You know where uh, Chidi Njikawani fought a good chunk of his career, right? I know where he fought, yes. Bellator. Yeah. Just naming for people who don't know. Chidi is a Bellator vet. And of course, we you you certainly remember his brother, right? Anthony Njikwani? Njikwani. I have no idea. You don't remember him? He was Name. a WEC guy. Moved over to, to UFC. Name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was, he was a solid fighter, too. Lightweight. Okay. Yeah. So this is his older brother. Or... Younger, older brother. Bigger brother. Larger size brother. <laughs> bigger brother. He's, he's, he's a middleweight. Um... But yeah, that that uh that about does it, right? 
think that's it. I'm actually going away next weekend, so I don't know that I'll be able to watch the fights live, but I will make sure to watch whatever we need to for the show because I care about you, dear listener. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week, I think, right? Yeah, we'll be we'll we'll oh, do the show and do it. Okay. No, we'll do the show as normal. I'll just have to think I'll probably watch uh I'm going I'm going away uh while my family sticks around. Uh so I'm I'm going for a bachelor party out of state. So when on my drive back I'll be a passenger and I could probably watch the rounds that I need to. Yeah, all right. So we'll, we'll be good. For sure. See you on Monday. Yes, indeed. And uh, I hope everybody has a nice week. Hope you enjoyed the conversation about judging. Maybe you learned a little bit. Maybe maybe we're spreading the right thing. Maybe we're changing the game, but probably not. I think we're definitely game changers. I don't know. We'll see. I think of myself very highly. You do. You do. You have an inflated so, opinion of yourself. Exactly. Probably way too far. Hey, yep. <laughs> have a good week, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening. <laughs>